0: Amen. Amen. It is great to see each of you here this morning, both members and visitors alike. We praise God for your attendance. For those who are online, we praise God and thank you as well. We do, each of us, know that our Redeemer lives. And we are here today to rejoice and to serve Him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Let us together, please, go to our great God in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise your holy and divine name and thank you so very much for all that you've done and for all that you do and for all that you will do. We're thankful, Lord God, that you watch over us and that you have kept us, you've awakened us from our beds of slumber and allowed us, oh God, to to be here this morning to worship you. Help us to rid our minds of worldly thought and to focus on you and on your word your will and your way help us to be the people that you would have us to be help us to worship you in such a way that when we leave this place we will be able to say it was good to be in the house of the lord we do thank you and praise you for jesus your great son who died that we might live thank you for that amazing sacrifice that was made in our behalf it is these things that we ask and pray and that wonderful magnificent most awesome holy and precious name of our lord and savior jesus christ to be that will amen please turn to ecclesiastes uh, chapter chapter 8 don't give up this morning is our is our topic uh, it will be up in a moment life is uh, uncertain the journey of life is is uncertain we've heard things like life is unfair Uh, Life is a a struggle. Difficult times are here. I want you to listen to what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, beginning at verse 5. The Bible says, He who keeps a royal command experiences no trouble, for a wise heart knows the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every delight when a man's trouble is heavy upon him. If no one knows what will happen, Who can tell him when it will happen? We try to prepare in life for things that might happen. But we don't know what will happen. Like, How many of us knew that that COVID would come? How many of us knew that certain situations that have come our way will arise and have arisen? We don't know. And so really and truly, while we try to prepare our hearts, we find that life is sometimes a little overwhelming. But for the child of God, we trust in our great God. And Jesus says in Matthew 6 and verse 34, He says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So every day is going to bring something new to us. Ecclesiastes 9. Every day is going to bring some new experience that we don't know what's coming. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 12. The Bible says, Moreover, man does not know his time. Like fish caught in a treacherous net and birds trapped in a snare, so the sons of men are ensnared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. You see, what we know is that there are many battles and struggles, and one might even say that in this life, it's full of great in tremendous conflicts we're dealing with conflict over and over and over again the conflicts that come our way they bring ever before us these these deep valleys these high mountains to climb our lives are are, are full of 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 trouble for thousands of years many people have felt as though we're fighting a battle that we just can't win But we have to admit that greater is He that's in us. Right? And as we trust our God and strive to serve Him, we got to remember not to give up. And that is our lesson for today. It is do not give up. But many have fallen for Satan's tricks and given in. Turn to Matthew chapter 7, please. They've given in and they've taken that That easy road. And brethren, the easy road is not what God asks of us. See, that is the road that requires little to no effort at all. Jesus says in verse 13, To enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And many are those who enter by it. Many go that way. That's the easy way. I want to focus your attention to Psalm 73. I absolutely love Psalm 73 because it is so real and it speaks to us in so many different ways. The people of God must be determined not to take the easy route. To go against the grain, if you will. To stay strong and to honor God. What happens in life is, as life comes our way, we begin to look at life from a parallel view. And you could look at, you could look on television, and you you'll see that. You think about just the COVID virus that it's everywhere, and and where is it now? Now. Well, not where is it now, but the epicenter now is what? India. And then, and then our brother, brother Mahone writes me and says, brother, pray for us. And then he sends me images. And I go, wow. And then we think about our lives in America. We go, wow. And right now COVID is getting Is getting all the attention because it's reaping havoc on the world. But there's still so much. Right? There's still so much. We're still suffering the death of loved ones who die that have nothing to do with COVID. We're still struggling with other illnesses and difficulties. Satan is still busy and active and causing. Many to lose their souls. People are walking away from the Lord. Asaph had a problem. He was looking at life that way too. He looked at life from a parallel view. From the wrong vantage point. He looked at one man and another man and another man and then this woman and that woman and then this family and that family and said, wait a minute. Life isn't fair. Maybe, maybe my service to God is meaningless. Listen to what he says, beginning in verse 1. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant, as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death. Their body is fat. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. He looked around and said, wait a minute. If you, if you didn't come to worship and you didn't serve God, your, your life would be similar to those who serve God. I mean, I mean in fact, you, you, could, you could live a life opposed to God and still be fine in this life. And when you look at life from a parallel view or vantage point, that's pretty much what we see. But the reality is, when you look at life from a vertical view, when you look at life from heaven's throne, when you look at life from the earth up into heaven, you see a totally different picture. Church, I would recommend that you look at life from heaven's vantage point. And no longer look at it from a parallel vantage point or view. Listen to what Asaph figured out. Verse 16. When I pondered to understand this. It was troublesome in my sight. Until I came to the sanctuary of God. Right now he's changed his vantage point. His view. Then I perceived... Their end. Surely thou dost set them in slippery places. Thou dost cast them down to destruction. You know what he basically realizes? He remembers, he reminds himself of this. All of us are going to die. And each and every one of us are going to stand before God in judgment. Each of us need to stand before God right the blood of Jesus. Can you imagine, like we talked about Felix, standing before God with no Savior? Turn to Hebrews chapter 13. You are here today because you, brethren, have not given up. I praise God for you. You're online because you've not given up. Life is hard. Life is dealt as a solid blow. I mean, it's not just, it's not just COVID. Look at how hatred has been on the rise. Look at the division in our churches and in our, our communities. I mean, this place is struggling. But you're here, you're here. You're here because you've not given up. You've not given up on God. You still believe and you still trust. And we know that God is in complete and total control. So verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 13. Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that we may confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? So that we might confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to stay with the Lord. Stay with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. Don't give up on God. Don't give up in your Christian walk with Jesus. Remember that God is a rescuer. And He's here to rescue us. To save us from all of this that goes on in this world. Verse 12 says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, that you may be able to endure it. In other words, what God is saying is that, brethren, we win. Turn to Revelation, please, chapter chapter 3. You see, think about, just for a moment, think about your value. Think about, for just a moment, how important you are to God. God has now wound the world up and let it go. God is concerned about not just the world... But especially about His people. Do you understand your worth? Do you understand your value and the surpassing greatness of Christ? That that amazing blessing of Jesus makes you worth something. That you are worthy to God. Because God has qualified us. God has made us worthy. Listen to Revelation 3 and verse 4. The church of Sardis, they were having lots of spiritual problems. But verse 4 says, But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Strive to be the few. Strive to be the person, the people that God has asked us to be. The faithful. You know John 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world. Think about how much more he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God has told us this. You are valuable. Turn to Romans, please. Chapter 5. You are valuable to God. And when you look at life. Look at it from heaven's perspective and think about how important you individually and we collectively are to God. You're valuable. God needs us. God wants us. Every one of us. And let me tell you something about God. God did not begin to love you when you became good. When you turned your life around. He didn't begin to love you when when you had it all together. When you were established and when you thought you were important. Now see, God loved us. Even while we were messed up. Right? God loved us even when we were trying to get it together. and God loves us right now. Even in our struggles. Even in our lack of faith. Even in our turmoil. In fact, Romans 5 says it best. Verse 6 says, For while we were still messed up, see, helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one would hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would even dare die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were perfect, Not what it says. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Turn to Matthew 10. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Value. You are important to God. How important? Verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them fall will fall to the ground apart from your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Therefore do not fear you are more valued than many sparrows. You know, when you go to take uh, courses, uh, one in particular, a hospice course, for example. You know, the idea is no one dies alone. We already know that. They're just now finding that out. God will never forsake us, even in our deathbed. Turn to chapter 6. We never die alone because God never leaves us. You are extremely important and valuable to God. And you have a purpose. Verse 25. For this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor over your body as to what you shall put on, is not life more than food and the body and clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, neither do they reap, neither gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they to God? You have value. First Peter, please, please, chapter 2. First Peter, chapter 2. God has qualified His children. So the so reality is this. When I look out into the audience, you all oh, we ought to just go around one person at a time, come stand by on the podium and look out in the audience, and what you're going to see is Royalty. That's what I see. You know, that's what God sees. Royalty. God's people. Once you have surrendered to God in the waters of baptism, you have surrendered, you have gone down into the watery grave of of, of salvation, if you will. You come out of that grave saved. Receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. All of your sins washed away. Once you have done that... You've taken off your street clothes, and you've clothed yourself with royalty, with Christ, with God. You took off your hat and you put on a crown. Royalty. First Peter two and verse nine, the Bible says, "But you are a chosen." Race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And what we must do is act as royal people. Royalty. We don't stoop below. We take the high road. Turn to Psalm 118. We act as people who have uh, dignity. We act as people who are dignified. We act as people who have value and bring value to the world. You see, pitfalls in life may come, and they will come. Trials and tribulations, they seem to always be knocking at our doors. And yet we know that God is able. God is able to rescue His people From the trials and tribulations and temptations and from any other thing that might cause us to ever give up. No, God will rescue us if you trust Him. We must learn to stop trusting in ourselves and to trust in God. God's people must learn to stop trusting in money in status. And man, and give it all to God. Psalm one, eighteen, eight. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. It is just better to trust in God. And so as we walk from day to day, we do not walk in fear. Psalm 23, please. We do not walk in fear. We walk in trusting faith because of our great God. Verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Never forget that. And so imagine for just a moment, turn to 2 Corinthians, please, chapter 4. Imagine for just a moment of walking or stepping outside of the comfort of God. Let me say to you, regardless of the rumors and the lies that we've heard in times past, believe that we can and believe that we will because of Jesus, because He is our shelter. In the times of the storms that we're living in this day. Jesus is our comforter. Jesus is our protector. Jesus is our provider. And so we trust. Listen to what it says in verse verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's our bodies. That the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God, and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. In other words, in short, we win. We cannot. We cannot possibly lose if we stick with the Lord, if we refuse to give up. Psalm 61. If we stay faithful until the end, we cannot lose. And it may feel like it, Because there's just so much right now. There's just so much. But we cannot lose. We are winning. We have won. Verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me. Because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, To proclaim liberty to captives. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To grant those who mourn in Zion. Giving them a garland instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations. They will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. In other words, God says to us, when someone says, Well, why are you a Christian? Why have you come to God? Because i got good news. (laughs) I have good news to tell you about. The God of the universe has, has bound up the brokenhearted. He's shown favor to a world that's broken and messed up. And He's come to deliver us. And He came and He delivered us. And now we cannot lose. And that's why I'm a child of God. I refuse to join a losing team. I've already been there. And I'm not going back by the grace of God. Ephesians 2, please. We'll begin to wrap this up. We do not ever have to give up because we serve a good God. God is good all the time to His children. And the goodness and loving kindness of God is is part of the total, the idea of his, His total attributes. And so when someone says, why are you a Christian? And you're fumbling for the words. Well, what in the world am I going to say? Tell them, because God is good. Because God is righteous. I'm a Christian because of His forgiveness. I'm a child of God because He has adopted me. I'm a child of God because of His regeneration. I'm a child of God because of His grace. I'm a child of God because of His perfection. I'm a child of God because of His glory. I'm a child of God because all of the spiritual blessings that God could offer in Christ Jesus have been given to me. And that's why I serve the living God. Ephesians 2, beginning at verse 5, the Bible says, Even when we were dead in our transgressions, He made us alive together with Christ By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So here's what God wants us to do. We'll close in Matthew chapter 11. Since he seated us on high, he wants us to look down low. Look at life from a vertical perspective or vantage point. See the amazing blessings and gifts of God. Now, I don't know what's out there, but can you imagine for just a moment if God opened our eyes like the young lad, if you will, in the in the book of Kings. I wonder what type of angelic activity we might see. I mean, I don't know the answer. But I know when God opened His eyes, He realized greater is He who is with us than he who's in the world. If God would open our eyes for just a moment so that we could recognize the true hedge of protection that God has around us and all the things that Satan tries to do to us, but if we could see the great protection of God, we would never give up. Brethren, I'm telling you, God cannot win or cannot lose, rather. And with God, we cannot lose. With God, we will forever be winners. Don't ever give up. Don't give up on God. Because here's something I want you to leave with. God has never given up on you. Verse 28. We'll begin to wrap up. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Are you tired? Struggling? You're hurting? God says, well, what are you waiting for? Come to me. Have you not yet surrendered to Christ in the waters of baptism? Been thinking about it? Contemplate a thought? Are you ready? What are you waiting for? God said, come to me. Are you struggling in your life? Are there tears being shed in your home? Jesus says, Come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you what you desire. I, the power of a promise, because it comes from God, I will give you rest. Take my yoke, verse 29 upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you shall find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my load is light so the converse of that is If the load of Jesus is light, that means that heavy burden you feel, that comes from Satan. Give it to Jesus. Tonight, this morning, this afternoon, give it all to Jesus. If this morning you would like to surrender to God, if there's something that we can do for you to help you in any way, If you're online, contact us. If you're here and you'd like the prayers of the elders, come forward. In a moment, we'll sing a song of invitation. God bless you and thank you for your time.